college student suspects a series of bizarre deaths are connected to certain urban legends. This is Ryan. And this is Ashley. And this is Ruining Our Childhood. Hi, guys. A podcast where sometimes we don't record for a month. <laughs> but we're back. We are. Yes. We're back with some Halloween movies because, holy shit, it's already October. Yeah. Year is flying by. Yeah. Yeah. It's insane. It is. How are you? I'm good. We took a little bit of a break. A little bit of it was planned. Right. Because we were going to go take a little trip, which we did. We did do that. But then also, life gets in the way. Mm -hmm. And as you guys are all probably aware, October is Cancer Awareness Month. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, my father was diagnosed with multiple forms of cancer. Yes. Uh, That's where we've been. If you guys could just keep him in your thoughts and prayers, we would appreciate it. He could use... All the positivity that he can get. That's true. So, And for the listeners that have been listening for a long time, he's the one that famously said, yeah, I don't want to listen to that. Yeah. When your mother was like, do you want to listen to Ryan Ashley's podcast? Yes. No. <laughs> he thought it was a podcast about how our lives as children were not good. Yeah. No. So, uh, yeah. He's a silly guy. Yeah. But we're back. Mm-hmm. For at least as long as we can keep it going. Yeah. We'll be trying to get these episodes out as much as possible. Yeah, for sure. Because we love doing them. We do. It makes us laugh. It does. Yeah. Sometimes it makes us cry. Let's not do that. <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing? Um, I don't know. What year did this movie come out? Oh, this is a 1998 classic, the horror mystery thriller, according to IMDb. <laughs> Those are the three things that Mm -hmm. it was listed as. Classic urban legend. Yes. Yes. Yes, yes. Uh, What do you remember from this movie? I only saw it one time. Oh, man. Saw it in theaters. Mm -hmm. And I remember, I don't know how it started. There was a good-sized group of us, and we would cheer every time someone died. Wow. We were those obnoxious teenagers that you hate in theaters now. Yep, that was us. I do hate that. I do hate teenagers. Same. Because of that. Exactly. Man, I think I've seen this movie quite a bit. I definitely remember the very first scene vividly. Because mm-hmm. also I think they, maybe it's Scary Movie does a spoof on it. I'm the sure first they scene. probably did. Or maybe it's Scary Movie 2. I can't remember. I don't remember the first scene, so. Oh, man. But maybe when we watch it today, it'll trigger that memory. I'll be like, yep, Scary Movie 2. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But anyway, 1998, uh, you want to hit us with a couple of movie facts, and then we'll go into our memory facts, or whatever we call them? Yes. Going down memory road? Just quick fact, movie was released on September 25th of 1998. It had a budget of $14 million, and it actually made 72.5. Pretty little decent movie there. Pretty little decent. Pretty little decent. <laughs> So, my fact about 1998 was the Major League Baseball home run record chase. If you remember, quite a few episodes ago, I did the 1994 baseball strike. Right. This was kind of what saved baseball. Baseball really struggled to get the fans to come back after the strike. Uh, Basically, what happened was... Back in the 1960s, Roger Maris broke Babe Ruth's home run record. Okay. And he had hit 61 home runs back in 1961. And that record stood until 1998. On September 8th, Mark McGuire actually hit his shortest home run of the season. It was only went 341 feet. It barely cleared the outfield wall. Mm-hmm. And it was caught by a groundskeeper. His name was Tim Forinus. And he was offered millions of dollars for that baseball. Okay, I vaguely remember this. Yes. And he declined all of the offers to sell the ball. Uh Uh-huh. And he simply gave the ball to Mark McGuire. Oh, wow. 
fun fact, the chase was between Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa. Right, right. And ironically, as luck would have it, they played each other that day. So when he hit the home run, Sammy Sosa was able to go in and give him a hug. And they still kind of went back and forth because there was still about another three weeks of the season left. And actually, by the end of that weekend, Sammy Sosa had caught him and they had tied. Uh, but McGuire finished the season with 70 home runs and Sammy Sosa had hit 66. As <laughs> luck would have it, both of them were on multiple steroids. Well, as luck would have it. Yes. So, uh, or. Uh, yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, they were both under a lot of performance enhancing supplements. Right. And a few years later, Barry Bonds also, right, uh, he broke the overall record. He hit, I believe it was 73, which is where the record still stands. Nobody's really come close to that. Right, because it, isn't it more, is it more regulated now, like yeah. the drug testing? They drug test all of the time. Right. Um, kind of right now, it seems like baseball's in a bit of a dead era as far as like this year, I think the home run for the leader, he hit 48. Mm -hmm. They're not flying out of the park like they used to. Probably because they don't have the steroids Yes. to push that. <laughs> Neither one, uh, McGuire or Sosa, they're not in the Hall of Fame, mm -hmm. probably because of this. Right. I actually think they should be in the Hall of Fame. I went to games that year, saw them both play. Stadiums were packed. Right. They did a lot to save baseball. Yeah, they were on steroids. But, but would you also say they did a lot to damage the future of baseball? Because now, in the grand scheme of things, you can say, like, okay, we had this, like, amazing, crazy record-breaking, and now nobody can come close to that because nobody is on steroids. I guess. I, I mean, still, people still enjoy watching baseball, yeah. regardless. But And I, I think it's hard to just erase what these guys did a lot of people were on steroids they weren't the only two right and they actually never failed a drug test because baseball was not testing around For, that time period yeah so i don't know put an asterisk maybe on their plaques and say that they were suspected users or yeah. whatever you have to do but they did a lot a lot of people came back it made a a fun summer of baseball for everyone right. And if you think about it, if they are both were using, they were both playing on the same kind of playing field. Yes. Like, yeah. It's not like Sammy Sosa was doing it with pure natural talent, because then, yeah, obviously, that would be amazing. Yes. But since both of them were using, I don't know. Yeah. It's kind of a wash, I guess. Like I said, I know there's a lot of people that are like, F them, and, you know, Yeah, whatever. I mean, but I'm like, you have to think that there's a lot of pressure on athletes to be the best, and... Mm -hmm. I'm not making excuses for it, but we put a lot of money and pressure on athletes to perform. And then when they don't perform, we're like, fuck you. Yeah. Why, why are you here? It was kind of funny because Barry Bonds, I think, also has the overall career record. And everybody wanted A-Rod to break it because mm -hmm. A-Rod wasn't a steroid user. Right. Well, he Allegedly. was. <laughs> he was. He failed drug tests. Yeah. He was suspended for entire seasons. Though now I don't know who anybody, maybe Mike Trout. You know, people mm -hmm. want him to br eventually break the record. It is what it is. Yeah. It brought people back. It was fun. Yeah. Good times. I, I It's probably the only time I watch baseball yeah. playing on a regular basis. I mean, at this point, when it got real close, they started, ESPN was broadcasting those games every night. It right. wasn't a once a week game or anything like that. It was like, we need to watch this. <laughs> <laughs> what is your fact? So my fun fact was, uh, and I never knew this. In 1998, Sony released a Handycam camcorder, which uh, obviously home movies became very popular with the invention of the technology. And, and you know, Sony was probably getting to the point where they were actually pretty small. They were probably using, the, like, the VHSC mm -hmm. tapes. But the one uh, model that came out in 1998, they were using an infrared technology to do for their night vision. Mm -hmm. And... It was a big selling point for Sony, because I don't think any other camcorders had that technology at the time. Unfortunately, they found out after the release that if people would put a certain white filter on the camcorder, they could see through clothing. Oh. 
Yes. Holy crap. So they had to recall like 700,000 camcorders. Wow. Um, and also when people started finding out that this was happening, the desire for them became immensely popular. Oh, wow. Because there's a lot of fucking creeps in the world. Yeah. And I guess there was a, a like a surge of people like peeping Tom videos and because the internet wasn't regulated back then as much as it is today, mm-hmm. there's still videos up that they like on all these different like peeping Tom websites and shit. Yeah, and it costs Sony like a hundred million dollars. Holy shit. Yeah. I never knew about this. Right. Did it say which version of the Handycam it was? Um, I mean, just whatever. It came out in 1998. I don't mm. know the exact model. Because I felt like this was a time period, like, maybe my family had one. White, right. Yeah. I said white. White. <laughs> white. I know this was when a lot of my friends started getting camcorders, yeah. and they all thought they were in Scream and videotaping everything. Right, right. But yeah. we made, like, little fun videos. I wonder if any of them had the creep, creep model. M- maybe. Yeah. But yeah, like they were, I don't know if eBay was around, but people were like selling them for like twice or three times the value and. Oh, wow. You know. Let me help you be a creep. Yeah. I'm like, when, when, given the choice, there's so many humans that decide to be a fucking creep. I did like in this article that I wrote, uh, somebody wrote about it uh, in April, actually. The writer was talking about how he had one when he he was like 15 when it came out. Mm -hmm. And he didn't realize that that was something you could do. And he since does not have the camera, but he was just like, I remember thinking I felt proud when I did find out about this story that I was like proud that I never was that person that was like, let me use this in a creepy way. And he's like, you shouldn't be proud that you did something that you know is wrong yeah, or that you didn't do something that you know you shouldn't do. I'm thinking if this happened nowadays in 2021... I was fairly into technology and pop culture, and I knew nothing about this when it happened in 1998. But I'm thinking if it happened now, word would spread like wildfire. And yeah, yeah, and people would be, it would be even worse. Yeah. That's, God. That's crazy. Freaking insane. Yeah. So, yeah. Wow. Fun. 1998. We're hitting home runs and being peeping toms. (laughs) (laughs) Now is the time where we guesstimate yes on whether this movie will hold up what do you think i'm gonna say yes i think it's gonna hold up because if i remember correctly there's a lot of famous people Mm -hmm. and i want to say when i left the theater we all enjoyed the movie right i don't know why i never watched it again or anything like that so i'm very excited to watch this today and i'm hopeful it's gonna hold up I think it should be pretty good mm-hmm. for a slasher flick of this type. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. There's going to be a lot of well hello there's. I already kind of ruined one person for myself. I do remember a couple people because I do remember even like the end of the movie, which means I had to have watched it more than once or it stuck with me. I'm not quite sure. Yeah. So I assume if I can remember it, it wasn't a forgettable movie. Mm-hmm. So I do think it's going to hold up for what it is. Okay. I'm sure there's going to be some interesting things that don't date well, but... I'm hoping for some awesome fashion. Oh, yeah. Did this come out the same year as I Know What You Did Last Summer? Was that 1997? Oh, I think you're right. Where can you stream this movie? So you can stream it for free on Tubi. Okay. Or Pluto TV if... You don't want to do that. You can also rent it on all the other streaming apps where you can rent movies or buy it if you are, are so, so inclined. inclined. <laughs> Jinx. <laughs> I said that at the same time because we're creeps. Yeah. So we'll uh, be right back. We're going to go ahead and hit that pause. pause. <laughs> and we'll be right back. <laughs> okay. All right. Bye. 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 Okay, and we're back. We just finished watching Urban Legend, and we're going to go ahead and break down our movie with our categories. Like we always do. And our first category is, well, hello there. Well, hello there. Where we talk about any cameos of famous or recognizable actors or actresses that we forgot were in the movie. Who did you notice? Is it Urban Legend or Urban Legends? I thought it was Urban Legend. Is it Urban Legends? 
I don't know. I'm starting to question it, but I think it's because I was looking at um, IMBD right before we recorded and... Urban legend. Okay. Gotcha. Yes. Okay. So we're good. We are good. We are saying it right. Yes. Anyway, back to, well, hello there. Mm-hmm. Um, my first person is one of the first people on screen, Natasha Gregson Wagner. Mm-hmm. She plays Michelle, basically the first victim. Natasha Gregson Wagner uh, has been in several movies like Buffy the Vampire Slayer, mm-hmm. the movie, the movie, uh, High Fidelity, and then but her last credit is Date My Dad, a okay. short-lived sitcom it looks like with Barry Watson. Okay. From 2017. But also, she's Natalie Wood's daughter. I always thought she was Robert Wagner's daughter, but he adopted her. Okay. Because uh, her father was somebody that Natalie Wood married in between their divorces, because she and Robert Wagner got married twice. Okay. So, I know a lot about Natalie Wood. You might be a fan. Yes. Yes. Pretty Uh, big fan. Yeah. Just moderate. (laughs) Yeah. My first one was Brad Dourif. Mm-hmm. He plays Michael McDonald, the gas station employee. <gasps> yeah. He was in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Okay. The original Dune. Oh. And do you know what he's most known for? What? The voice of Chucky. Oh, shit. I didn't know that, but that makes sense because somebody else later in the cast is quite the horror movie mm-hmm. and legend. He, uh, this gentleman is doing the voice for the new Chucky TV show as well. He's always voiced Chucky, still doing the voice. You know, it's weird. We just saw a trailer for it, and I actually thought the voice sounded different. Oh. But n- now... Nope. Maybe Same just guy. my ears. Mm-hmm. Just your ears not working. <laughs> what was that? I don't know where that voice came from. Um, my next one is a ruining our childhood legend, mm-hmm. some would say, Tara Reed. Yes. She plays Sasha, one of the group's people. What? I was going to say one of Natalie's friends, who we'll discuss in a second, Mm -hmm. who's kind of the main character, I would say. Yes. But Tara Reed, Sasha, she's in the group of college students that this is all happening to. Mm -hmm. Tara Reed, obviously, American Pie, um, more recently, in a lot of stuff in pre-production. Yes. But she was in a Lifetime movie with Vivica A. Fox called The Wrong Cheerleader Coach. Oh, okay. I don't know what it's about, but, you know, it's a Lifetime movie, so I'm sure it's interesting. Yeah. And I saw she was on an episode of The Boys. Oh, yeah. As herself. As herself, Mm -hmm. yeah. My next one was Alicia Witt, who you just mentioned, played Natalie. Mm -hmm. She was also in the original Dune. Yeah. Did not know this. Yeah. She was in Twin Peaks. Mm Mm-hmm. And then Walking Dead, and more recently, Stargirl. Yeah. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. we'll talk about Alicia Witt. Yes, we Well, will. we can talk about her right now. I don't know why we hate her, but I think it's just all of the characters she's played in, in a, she's been in a lot of stuff. Yes. But all of the characters she played in movies and TV shows, she's always mean mm-hmm. and annoying. And it carried over to, I remember her being on talking dead yeah with chris hardwick and she was pretentious and just as obnoxious as all the characters we didn't like so then we're like well that's her as a person (laughs) she's not even that good of an actor yeah we just don't like her no but yeah like her character in two weeks notice hated yep friday night lights nashville hated nashville hated walking dead Orange is the New Black. I can't remember her character, but I'm pretty sure I hated yeah, her. Yeah, <laughs> just do not like her. Uh, uh, so anyway. Big Alicia Witt fans. <laughs> yes. Um, my next one is Jared Leto. The Jared Leto mm-hmm. plays Paul. Obviously, Jared Leto's been in a bunch of stuff. He's been in a few things. Yeah. Suicide Squad. Coming out soon, he's going to be in the House of Gucci movie. Yes. With Lady Gaga. Lady Gaga. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Dallas Buyers Club won oh, yeah. an Academy Award. Yeah, no, he's a very talented actor. Yeah. My next one was Michael Rosenbaum. Mm-hmm. He played Parker. He was Lex Luthor on Smallville. Correct. Uh, he was in Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Yeah. And 
just seems like he does a crap ton of voice work yeah. in the DC universe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Rebecca Gayhart mm-hmm. plays Brenda, was in the movie Jawbreaker we did for the podcast. It was a great episode. Yeah. Um, she, more recently, she was in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and it looks like they're doing an urban legend reboot. Yes. And she's listed as Brenda. So, spoiler alert, she doesn't die. Exactly. Which we'll discuss later. Yeah. Next, I have Joshua Jackson. Mm-hmm. He played Damon. We know Joshua Jackson from Mighty Ducks. That's Fringe. True. Mm-hmm. And he more recently was on Dr. Death. Yes. Yeah. He we need to watch that. The Doctor. Making uh, death people. Yeah. It's got Christian Slater in it. Alec Baldwin. Yeah. Yeah. Good cast. Tom Peacock. 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 I don't know what we're doing. <laughs> I have no idea. We haven't been drinking no. or anything. Nope. nope. Uh, Richard England. Robert. Robert. <laughs> what yep. I wrote Richard? I have no idea. I don't know either. I was trying to do it from memory and my memory Fail. is shit. Fail. He plays uh, Professor Wexler, mm-hmm. who is a professor of urban legends. Apparently sounds like an amazing job, to be honest with you. More famously, Freddy Krueger. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I almost said Freddy Prince. He's Freddy Prince. He played a fine Freddy Prince <laughs> in the life of Sarah Michelle Gellar. Uh, yes, Freddy Krueger, uh-huh. Nightmare on Elm Street, and all of the sequels. Uh, and he does did a voice for a regular show for yeah the whole run of regular show. I like that you managed to almost call him Freddie Prince. Like Robert England is not like if we're comparing looks, like <laughs> wow. Because I had Freddie Prince Jr. on my mind just now. Cause Why we're... wouldn't you? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and when I said Freddie, that was like the fr- like my brain was like Freddie Prince Jr. Uh huh. So. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> anyway. All right. Uh, next was Danielle Harris. Yes. She played Tosh, which I thought, I was like, they said Tasha. Nope. Tosh. Yeah. Like Daniel. Uh, she was Natalie's roommate. She was in Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter is Dead. She was. Way back in the day. Mm-hmm. Wish Upon a Star with Katherine Heigl. Seen that movie way more times than I probably should. I've seen it because I thought Katherine Heigl was quite attractive when I was 14. Yeah. And also, more recently, was in an episode of The Connors. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She was also in the uh, Roseanne, like the original show, because she was a very prolific child star, I would say. Okay. She was in a lot of things. Yeah. Halloween, like four or five. I was going to say, she was in quite a few of those. Yeah. Yeah. Who is next? Oh, my last one. Oh, no, no. I have a couple. Loretta Devine plays Reese Wilson, who is the security, campus security guard or head. I don't know. She she does her job well, I think. I Maybe a little so. too well. Eh, I don't no. know if she's getting paid enough for the amount of work she's putting in. That's fair. <laughs> she has been in literally everything. Mm-hmm. The woman has like the longest IMVD I've ever seen in my life. Things I remember her from, Grey's Anatomy, mm-hmm. uh... I put literally everything. And and she's also uh, attached to the Urban Legend reboot. Oh. Yeah. Okay. I think she might have been one of the only people that did the sequel. Okay. The final uh, Urban final Legend cut. Final Cut. Did you ever see that? I think I did. I don't remember if I did. Is that the one Joey Lawrence is in? I didn't see him. The two people I saw that were in it were Jennifer Morrison. Okay. And what's his face from... Legally Blonde and Vampire Diaries. Alark. Oh, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. I don't have anybody else. Uh, I have one more. Uh, Julian Richings. He played literally listed as the weird janitor. Okay. The thing I know him from is he plays Death on Supernatural, which is a reoccurring character. Okay. Obviously, Death. Yes. And he has a very distinct face. Very... Mm -hmm. Gaunt, would it be a word? Yes. Yeah. Very thin. Yeah. Yeah. And he's uh, more recently was in the show Chapel Weight that has Adrian Brody and uh, why can't I think of her name from Schitt's Creek? 
Annie Murphy? No. Catherine Heigl? No. Or not Catherine Heigl, Catherine O'Hare. <laughs> no. Um, Emily Hampshire? Yes. Stevie? Yes. Okay. I just saw a picture and I was like, it's Stevie. <laughs> and I couldn't remember her name. I'm not good with names. Gotcha. My brain is mush today. Mm-hmm. It's a good day. It's a good day to be recording a podcast <laughs> yeah. if your brain is mush. <laughs> Speaking of mush, do you want to take a quick break? <laughs> I don't know. Sure. Okay. And we're back. Um, the next category is called Kids Would Call It a Throwback. We call it the prime of our teens. Or 12s? Uh, I was, I was 14. 14. Yeah, yeah, I was a teen. Where we talk about fashion, dated references, offensive jokes, and any noticeable technology. Mm-hmm. Fashion. 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 (laughs) Flight of the Conqueror. Yes, correct. Well done. It was typical. It really. Nineties fashion. It really was. I thought Parker's clothes were kind of interesting. I always felt like he was wearing, like a leisure suit shirt. He was. He was the party dude. Yeah. He was the the guy that everything was a joke. Mm Mm-hmm. He he got his though. Yeah. He's the guy that they want you to think is the killer the whole time, I feel like. He, or one of them. I, I believe I put something in my notes about him. He, I want to really compare this movie to Scream in a sense because I think what they were trying to do was make an, another Scream but oh, use yeah. a different kind of element. Instead of movies, horror movies, it's all about urban legends. Mm-hmm. And I feel like he was supposed to be this like stew slash uh, Billy Loomis. Oh, okay. Like, like even when he got the call, uh, right before he died, he was like throwing out references to urban legends. Like, we get it. You're very knowledgeable. Mm-hmm. You apparently pay really close attention in class. He's a good student. Yeah. Which you get none of that. Yeah, <laughs> I I definitely felt like he was like that sarcastic. Like, it nothing's going on. Oh wait, he dies. Shame. Yeah. Real so. shame. Did you have any other fashion that stuck out? I, I agreed with you. It was kind of typical, but also a lot of it came back into style right now. So none oh, yeah. of it really kind of goes, oh my God, until the last scene of the movie where it's another school and they're talking about, the oh, that's just an urban legend. And the clothes they were wearing. Really like, flashy. Real flashy, like a kind of like a neon bowler shirt. Yeah. They stood out. Yeah, I agree. Like, I feel like the the main cast throughout the movie was very, like, plain and... Yeah, like Alicia Witz just running around with, like, a sweater on. And yeah. And Jared Leto, like, a button-down shirt. It was not... And it fit normal. Like, it wasn't atrocious. Like, compared to uh, another movie we did at the same time that also had Rebecca Gayhart, Jawbreaker, uh-huh. where the, everybody's really brightly colored, very fashionable. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this was like, it's like they were playing it safe yeah. in a way, mm-hmm. which is fine. Yeah. Um, I did want to talk about Joshua Jackson's bleach blonde hair, which I believe he also had for Cruel Intentions. Yes, he did. So he must have filmed this like around the same time. A little back-to-back action. Yeah. But it was amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Lee bad. <laughs> I'm wondering, was this before Eminem was a thing or Ooh, after? Or r- during? Maybe? Might have been during, yeah. I feel like 97, 98. Yeah. Hmm. So it could have been a little bit of that. Yeah. Who knows? Did you have any dated references? There wasn't a ton. I did see Reese, the security guard, was watching the Pam Greer movie, Foxy Brown. Right. And getting like all into it. Yeah, she was kind of idolizing. Mm-hmm. She kind of wants to be a cop. Yeah. And then here's this Pam Greer movie where she's a total badass. Right. Like, yeah. I did like when Damon, who is Joshua Jackson's character, is going to take Natalie out for a drive, mm-hmm. and he starts his car, and Paula Cole is playing, which that is was... a nod to the, the Dawson Creek reference, which I realize how many times they've done that in movies around that time. That's how much like Dawson's Creek was like a very crazy explosion of popularity. Mm-hmm. And it was a great reaction he has to it. He's, he's like, like, ugh. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> Total cringe. Yeah, that's true, because don't they do it in Jay and Silent Bob or something like that when James Vanderbeek comes on screen? They definitely reference it, and then obviously in Scary Movie, James Vanderbeek does the cameo where he like pops into the window and he's like, oh, wrong bedroom. Yeah. So they were very much like a big thing. Yeah. Never watched it. I didn't watch it at the time, but I watched it. They played it in syndication on TBS, mm-hmm. and I watched the whole thing. Loved every minute of it. Every minute of it. Every minute. The last reference that I had was Parker calling Paul a Woodward and Bernstein wannabe. Yeah. I, I did <laughs> I did think that everything surrounding Tosh um, as a character, like, she's chain-smoking cigarettes indoors. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, really can't do that. Nope. As far as legally, you mm-hmm. can't. Well... On her dial-up internet, searching for some sweet goth dick. Yep. (laughs) Sweet goth dick. Uh, I think there was something about 1998 specifically. Because I was thinking of Felicity, the TV show, Mm -hmm. with Carrie Russell. And I think like the biggest problem for college kids in the late 90s was having a goth roommate that was like, Almost like a trope in movies and TV shows set in college, you know? Yeah. And she was, she was like super goth, like cartoonishly goth. What I thought of was that character that Chris Kattan and Molly Shannon would play on Saturday Night Live when they were like the goth teens. Yeah. <laughs> and they were so over the top, but it was just a great segment every yeah. week. But you expect that out of it. Yeah. Something on oh, SNL, yeah. not a movie where I'm like, why is this girl extra goth? Like she is, she's on like a goth blog. Yes. And like you said, searching for that goth dick. <laughs> Did you have any offensive jokes? I didn't. I felt like there was a ton of head jokes, but not, there was no offensive jokes that I caught. I also didn't really have anything other than one line that the Dean says when Reese is telling asking him like should we bring in extra security because i do think something's going on because this whole time they've kind of denied it or they're just like ah it's just a one-off right like when michelle gets murdered Mm -hmm. in the beginning she's like what about that missing student damon because damon gets killed but nobody's found his body so they think he's just out for the weekend Mm -hmm. and he's like he's it's the weekend he's with a girl a guy or a farm animal or whatever so i'm like i don't know it's just too close to being like I don't know. That's a that was a good catch on you. Yeah, yeah. thank you. But mm-hmm. yeah, other than that, I mean, I I don't know. There's obviously some like sexual jokes between like Parker and Damon, like you said, the head jokes and being really insensitive about a classmate being murdered. But you know, it's the '90s. Everybody's apathetic and whatever. And Sasha, uh, Tara Reid's character, kind of had a love line style. Right. Radio show. And she was pretty graphic with the head jokes. And, yeah. Yeah. But it, it's like, it wasn't offensive. It's just. No. It's uh-uh. just being, you know, overly sexual. I yeah. Guess. Yeah. The, like you said, they weren't offensive. It was. Yeah. Some of the jokes and were offensively bad. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Low hanging fruit. Yes. Um, any noticeable technology? Ooh. Uh. Michelle Mancini had quite the cassette collection in her car. Right. Yeah. See, I cannot hear that song, Eclipse of the Heart, without Mm -hmm. thinking about this movie. And that's why I remember it vividly. I think of uh, Old School. Well, yes. Yeah, that's where I go with that song. The Dan Band. Yeah. I I also think of that, but I I do also think of like, because it's like, turn around and (laughs) there's somebody going to kill her with an axe. Yeah. And she's judgy. So she deserved to die. And she also murdered somebody. I'm just kidding. Nobody deserves to die. No. No one deserves to die. To get decapitated (laughs) while driving. Yeah. You have anything else? I didn't. You brought up a good one with the dial-up internet and the, like, AOL noises that would play. Like, that's a good one. From the time. So great. Yeah. Nostalgic. Mm Mm-hmm. Shall we move on? Yes. (laughs) 
our next category is called Is It Even Good? where we talk about the plot, plot holes, funniest, and cringiest moments. What is the plot? I forgot to write something. Uh, I didn't write anything either. Let me just think of something All right, here. bring it, bring it. A group of teenagers. No, they're not teenagers. Well, they could be 19. That's true. Yeah. But Michelle was 20. Okay. And Alicia Witt's character and her went to high school together. Okay, a group of 20-year-olds. A group of college students are brutally murdered, and the main character is gaslit into thinking that she's crazy yeah. the whole time. And you learn not to flash your headlights at someone. Right. Can I sidebar? Uh-huh. So this movie made me remember that there was this lady that worked at our grocery store, and we only had one. I grew up in a very small town. Mm-hmm. And she worked in the customer service area slash video store. <laughs> and she would print up the chain emails that were circulating in the early 2000s that were like, about basically urban legends like uh-huh. the the gang uh initiation headlights off thing and she'd print them multiple copies and hand them out to customers as a warning oh wow yeah i just think of i believe you're wrong about great podcast mm-hmm. did a urban legends debunking mm-hmm. a couple years back and that's yeah, it's it's amazing. Like, none of these things have ever happened. Wow. And if they have, it's because they were copycatted from the urban legends. and But they're not, like, this rampant thing. Like, gangs aren't going around no. with their headlights off. No. They, they have better things to do, man. I mean, we've talked about some of the stuff we were told. Like, don't look at other cars when you're at a stoplight. Right. And you look straight ahead. And... This one with the flashing of the headlights. That's crazy that she would take the time to print up mm-hmm. multiple copies and be like, here you go. Yeah. Like it's a bulletin at a church service. At the time, I even thought it was silly because I was like, we're in a very small town, very yeah. small population. Mm-hmm. If this stuff is happening, it's probably happening in a bigger city where there's lots of different people. But the fact that people still believe like this random crime is like, existing or is like more rampant than what it actually is yeah we're afraid that strangers are just kind of come slit your throat and i'm like that's not your brother's gonna slit your throat first yeah someone that knows you (laughs) yeah yeah anyway plot holes i had a couple same um so spoiler alert brenda's the killer what i know but she is moving a lot of dead (laughs) bodies a whole lot i don't know how tiny rebecca gayhart is putting a noose around joshua jackson joshua jackson who's a decent sized man Mm -hmm. and hanging him from a tree and then attaches it to a car trailer hitch yeah and but she hoisted his body four feet up to get it over the car crazy superhuman strength i'm like you are strong as hell I feel like they missed an opportunity to be like, she's killing all these people because she's exacting revenge, mostly on Alicia Witt's character. Mm -hmm. So I'm not quite sure why she's killing all these other people, because I don't even know if Alicia Witt was really close friends with any of these people. I think she is closest to Brenda. Yeah. She didn't even seem to like Paul. No. (laughs) Yeah, like, all of the stuff that happened logistically did not make sense. Like, if you compare it again to, like, Scream... There's two killers. They're not really moving bodies that much, but if they could, two people potentially could move the bodies. She's seemingly everywhere, too, and moves very quickly to the point where I was like, there's got to be a second killer, right? Mm -hmm. Because I remembered she was the killer. Same. But I was like, is Paul also a killer? Like, Or I was thinking Parker for some reason, but then obviously... Parker gets murdered. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it doesn't add up at all. No. the Like I said, so many bodies being moved, mm-hmm. and bodies are heavy. Yeah. Yeah, especially when they're dead. <laughs> yeah. I've lifted many a dead bodies. Right? Same. <laughs> Same. Uh, no. No. None at all. <laughs> there was one line in the very beginning that Tara Reed's character Sasha says. It's right after... 
Michelle's been murdered, the first person. And they're all sitting around in their little university center just chatting about it. And she's like, somebody told me that she was listening to my show when it happened. And I'm like, who? Who told you that? Who would know that? (laughs) Who would know that this woman was listening to your radio show when she was murdered? Other than Rebecca Gayhart, who did the murdering. Touche. Yeah. Yeah. Good catch. But Rebecca Gayhart was sitting right next to her, so I would have assumed she would have been like, she told me. Brenda told Brenda me this. Brenda told me. Yeah. My other plot hole was when Rebecca Gayhart, we find out, is chasing Sasha uh-huh. through the radio studio, and it's all being broadcast onto mm-hmm. a radio show. I don't think she's using a wireless microphone. How was all of this, like, she's running through a building the size of, like, a really good size library. Yeah. How? How? That's a good point. I didn't really think about that. Because even earlier in the movie, at the beginning, when Sasha's talking about giving head and stuff, she's acting like she's pleasuring the microphone that is your typical radio microphone. Right. It doesn't make sense. Does not make a lick of sense. Another technology blunder that I questioned was how did the killer slash Brenda communicate with Tosh via I am chat while also being in her room in 1998? You can't use a cell phone for that shit. Good point. Did she drag along a computer <laughs> or did she break into like the room next to hers? She's dragging along the laptop that weighs about <laughs> eight pounds with connection. seven cords sticking out of it. <laughs> uh, oh. Yeah, go watch You've Got Mail with yeah. Tom Hanks. And look at all the cords that used to go into a laptop. And then imagine Rebecca Gayhart dragging that through a dorm. Like just wheeling it? Like, can I, can I plug this in to yeah. your connection? Yeah. Hold on. I got a power strip. I need to plug it in real quick. The battery only lasts about 10 minutes. Yeah. Oh, uh, did you have any other ones? No, that's all I had. I guess the only other one I had was how long it took Natalie to realize that this kind of centered around her. Mm-hmm. Because she's trying to figure out what's going on. She's the only one that believes anything is going on, that there's a killer out there. And then she just, you know, tells Paul the story about how her and the first victim knew each other in high school and that they accidentally killed a kid doing an urban legend prank. And I'm like, how do you not realize that this is centered around you? She's not very bright. And it's like when they think that Professor Wexler is the killer because he is the sole survivor of a massacre. Mm -hmm. That was never really explained. Are they implying that he he killed all the people in the massacre? I felt like that's what they were trying to get you to think. Yeah. Yeah. And then he's obviously the professor of urban legends. It just didn't make sense. But I'm like, your thing makes perfect sense. The first victim was the person that killed somebody. Yeah. With an urban legend prank. Yeah. she. Yeah. This isn't hard, Natalie. Well, for her it was. <laughs> I don't know if I had anything else other than I didn't get how quick Natalie was at deciding that Paul was suspicious. He has given, you know, in movies like this, they do draw some suspicion to people. Mm-hmm. They put him in situations where like, oh, maybe he is the killer. I never got one ounce of Paul being the killer. It was just right before she starts suspecting him. Like he was uh, running out of the rainstorm. And yeah. she's like, oh, I think it's him all of a sudden. And he tried to call for help. And he's like, the phones are out. And she didn't believe him. So she grabs the phone and she's like, okay, that checks out. Yeah. But- I think it was it was only because like Parker was like giving him shit at mm-hmm. the party for wanting to send everybody home responsibly. He was just like, maybe you did it to so you could write a story. Yeah. I, I just don't know. Her instincts are all over the place. They're not great. They're not great, and she's not very bright. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Natalie. Anyway, funniest liner moment? Unfortunately, my funniest moment, you all will have to go watch this movie to appreciate, which is... Natalie's face when she is running through the rainstorm to go and try and save (laughs) Sasha. We don't like Alicia Witt 
and here's dumb Alicia Witt face running through the rainstorm. She's grunting too. She's like, <gasps> <laughs> like we had to pause the movie because we were laughing. <laughs> that was mine too, obviously. Uh, yeah, that was that was the best. And a close second for me was Damon starting the car and the Paula Cole song kicking That's true. on. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was well done. I, d- I did like that she sat there, ran all the way to the radio station because she could hear Sasha in trouble, and then she just watched her die, yeah. and then slowly ran away. Yeah. <laughs> She's not a good friend. No. No. Um, what about your cringiest liner moment? My cringiest moment was Parker saying to Sasha, who's my girl? Who's my girl? When she was leaving to go That's to the loud. radio station. Sorry. <laughs> But I'm like, she isn't a fucking dog. Who are you talking to? Who's my girl? And I was like, are you talking to your poor little dog who you make do, uh, what's that called? He had the funnel. Oh, like a, a beer? What is that called? Why is my brain not working today? Oh my God, I can't think of it either. <laughs> you guys know what we're talking about. God. The funnel and a beer. And, and the, a beer. And a beer bong. Beer bong. Jesus, God. <laughs> God. What is wrong oh my with our God. brains? We're broken. We're, we're so broken. What's amazing is we both couldn't think of it. That's true. And that we makes me feel a little better. Children of the 90s. <laughs> They're like, these people didn't have friends in high school. They don't know what a beer bong is. <laughs> I didn't do one. I don't think. I can't chug anything. No. No. Did you have any random thoughts you wanted to talk no, about? Oh boy. I have quite a bit. At the very beginning, when Michelle is getting gasoline, and she stops at a full-service gas station, which apparently only exists in the middle of nowhere, because I've never been to one. Right. But the gas station attendant, we don't know this, but he sees somebody in the back seat, so he's trying to get her to come inside. And when she goes to run inside, because it's pouring out, her arm flailing for the run. Ooh, I think I learned where Brie Larson Learned how to run for Captain <laughs> Captain Marvel. You're so mean to Brie Larson. Yes, I am. And I Who, love Brie Larson. Come to find out, and I told you this a couple weeks ago because I listened to her podcast, she's never like done any sort of running in her whole life. So yes. like Captain Marvel was like the first time she did any sort of like athletic thing. Mm-hmm. And I was which like, makes sense. It makes plenty yeah. of sense. But anyway, back to this. I, I did like that when I was a kid watching this, I remember thinking that Michelle as a character was so bitchy for not pumping her own gas. Like, Mm -hmm. I didn't realize that there was gas stations where you don't pump your own gas. Somebody does it for you. Mm -hmm. But I was just like, also kind of fit in with the fact that she was like judging him because he was like this creepy old guy with a stutter. And obviously, I think this movie just teaches you that you should trust the creepy weird dudes. Because also Alicia Witt also starts suspecting the janitor mm-hmm. who is just a normal guy who picked her up tried you know, to help her tried to help her and then she was like he has a coat <laughs> <laughs> he's the killer he has a parka <laughs> oh god uh, i thought it was interesting that there was this massacre that occurred at the school in the 70s that would not be an urban legend that would be a well-known tragedy that's true. And they try to say it like, oh, the school covered it up because nobody wants to go to a murder school. And I'm like, you know, we've had a lot of bad things happen at college campuses mm-hmm. throughout our history. And we know about a lot of them, you know. We all know about what happened at Kent State. Yeah. During the Vietnam protests. Like, there's stuff you know about. Like, you at least, you might not know all the details and, like, the reasons why, but you know that something happened. Yeah. You know, it's not an urban legend. Yeah. No. Especially if a bunch of white kids got murdered. <laughs> that would be front page news on every newspaper. It would be well documented. Just saying. I think I got everything. Except for I do want to talk about Brenda's reveal. Mm-hmm. And she was so, so over the top with her monologue. We're going to talk about that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Earlier, you mentioned when Brenda punches Natalie in the face. (laughs) And apparently, Brenda has Mike Tyson's punching abilities. Right, because it knocks Knocks her out out. cold. Yeah. 
And it was not a well-thrown punch. Well, I mean, we've already established that Brenda has superhuman strength. She obviously has that good old horror movie can be launched out of a car yep. several times. Shot multiple times. I guess, uh, you know, being so hyped up on revenge makes you basically... Superhuman? Like Captain America. <laughs> yeah. My last great note was Brenda is debating if she's going to shoot Paul or Natalie. And she's right. doing the eeny, meeny, miny. And then <laughs> Reese pops up and shoots her and goes, Mo! Yeah. <laughs> I was like, classic. It's uh, quite the cheesy line. Ah, so well done. I think that's it. Okay. You want to take a quick break? Sure. Okay, and we're back. Let's move on to our final thoughts. Do you think the 1998 classic urban legend held up to your adult standards? It was very close because I think overall it's not a bad horror movie. Mm -hmm. Uh, It does have a lot of cliches it's working with, um, some horror tropes that have been overdone. I just don't think it holds up because I didn't really care about any of the characters. I very much agree with you. Like, it does not hold up. The movie, the plot itself is not terrible. No. The acting is horrendous. I agree. I can get down with that. Yeah. It is bad. (laughs) What kills me, and I think this happened a lot in 90s movies, is just how, like, apathetic, like, all the characters are to the multiple deaths happening around them Mm -hmm. and they're just like making jokes about it and the only person that seemingly is kind of distraught by it is natalie Mm -hmm. even when her roommate dies like a girl's walking by and she's just like just so you know she always looks like that like about a girl that just got murdered yeah you're making jokes about her because she's a goth she said it to the paramedics to check her pulse yeah she always looks like that and first of all somebody just got murdered or they thought she committed suicide because she's gothic so that means she wants to die i'm being sarcastic of Mm -hmm. course yeah like what yeah like these aren't how humans should process death around them but if somebody i knew died like that Mm -hmm. i would not be making jokes like that no we're not making here come out with the quippy puns yeah no but yeah, I agree with the, the acting wasn't great and the the plot was good. And I thought like the scenes were interesting. Like, yeah. The death scenes and all this stuff. But yeah. We should uh real quick, favorite death. Ooh, yeah. I did write them all down. Okay. So I do have my favorite. I will say the first one because I think that was the one I definitely remembered the most. Okay. And the reason I do check my back seat quite a bit. Because Ashley is a little vague. It was an axe decapitating Michelle as she drove. Right. And there's yes. a killer in the back seat, which mm-hmm. is a classic urban legend. Yes. Uh, my favorite was the Dean. The killer slices Ooh. his Achilles. I don't like that either. I'm always... Yeah. I don't know why. That's I do think about that whenever yeah. I'm walking by something. Just straight cuts it from underneath his car when he was going to get in the car. And then he starts crawling away because he can't obviously walk. Mm-hmm. The killer releases the parking brake. The car slowly runs him over. The but, tire thing. Yes. The tire spikes that they have so you can't drive into places the wrong way and it tells you severe tire damage. He gets that through his body. S- severe body damage. Yes. <laughs> that was such a good killing. Yeah. I liked it. Yeah. So, shall we hand out some awards? We shall. So, we said this doesn't hold up. So, the first award is the Valedictorian of the Nicolas Cage Online School of Bad Acting, which Mm -hmm. I feel like we haven't done in a while. Yeah, because we've had some hold up. Also, we haven't done a podcast in a while. That's true. Yeah. My bad. It's all good. Who do you pick? I gave it to Rebecca Gayhart mm-hmm. as Brenda. I didn't think she was terrible until it's revealed that she's the killer. Right. 
and then she tries to think she's Meryl Streep. And here I come with the crazy. It was almost like she went and Googled. It existed in 98. That's when it was created. <laughs> how to act crazy and over the top. And then she just went with it. I agree. It was I, awful. I also choose her. And it's literally just for the villain monologue yeah. at the end. She's all over the place. She breaks into like a southern accent and calls her like Miss Thang. Like, uh-huh. and I'm like, where is this supposed to be? This is like northeast. It was in New Hampshire. Okay, you know, southern draw town, New Hampshire. <laughs> but it it came and went, yeah. and like her hair got crazier. Like the uh, whole yeah movie, she- her hair is like nice and curly and nice, and it's like she's like, I'm gonna tease it up for the reveal. She's like, guess who's gonna be playing adult Hermione? Right, me. <laughs> And it was just obviously not believable as a the killer no. logistically. No. Uh, at the time, I remember when I was a kid, I did think it was a pretty good reveal. Because yeah. I was like, not a lot of female characters that are killers, mm-hmm. you know. And women can get away with killing a Which, lot more. No. I agree with you, though. The whole time I'm watching this and I'm watching dead bodies get moved, I'm thinking... Was Dave Batista the killer? Because logistically, <laughs> that's who would be moving these bodies. And I still think he would need some help. Yeah. And I was thinking, too, in that reveal, like, the house, the abandoned building where most of the bodies were, mm-hmm. as Natalie is figuring out all these bodies, or finding all these bodies, there's, like, candles set up. Oh, yeah. Uh, I What is happening? Brenda went around. She hung a body in a closet, lit up candles, everything. Set up she's a like slide projector. Yes. She's so, like, Oh, I cannot wait to see her face she's when she's like finds my mom my monologue also has pictures <laughs> for your convenience. Here's some visual aids. Yes. God. In case you forgot who you murdered in high school. Yes. Great. Excellent. Rebecca Gayhart, there's a reason you don't see her in a lot of films, folks. Burn on Burn. You on is she still with eric dane i don't know okay i think they might have got a divorce finally it's like her acting's terrible are you ready to move on catty as shit (laughs) yes yes our next award is the thomas j hanks award for exceptional acting whom did you give your award to mine might be a little shock to you i think we're giving it to the same person tara reed no oh i'm giving it to tara reed hot damn and i think mostly because she actually, her character was actually really likable. I don't mm-hmm. think there was anything wrong with her character. No. In 1998, they were like, oh, she talks about sex too much. Blah, blah, blah. Because, you know, it's that trope of a woman that is comfortable in her body and wants to have sex with people mm-hmm. is demonized a little. But I think in in her case, she it works out because she talks about it on her radio show it's like she's an expert on it so her being like sex crazed makes sense yeah because it's like her job and what she's good at mm-hmm. and I, th- I thought she did a good job she didn't have that kind of dazed over kind of look that she has in later roles mm-hmm. I, th- I think it also helps that it's that less is more right, she's not right. the star of the movie so she's yeah. she's well-developed supporting actor in the movie yeah but you don't get Here's an hour and a half of Tara Reid trying right. to car- carry a film. I think this movie is a good example of why she was popular for a while. Mm-hmm. You picked a decent one. Mm-hmm. I gave mine to Loretta Devine. She was also amazing. Reese. I thought top to bottom this movie is terribly acted. <laughs> Even Academy Award winner Mr. Leto. Not good. Um <laughs> She was the only enjoyable part for me. She was a cool security guard, mm-hmm. took her job pretty seriously, but not too serious. But like you pointed out, probably didn't make enough money for the shit she has to she deal with. She definitely get hazard pay. Yes. She got shanked. Yes. With a switchblade, which I was like, why do you have a switchblade, Brenda? <laughs> like, just add it to the random shit that she has. She's just a crazy killer. She's got a switchblade. Why not? <laughs> Yeah, I agree. She was great. I love her voice, too. She has, like, one of the best voices. She does. So, we agree. Not very good, but I would say this. Go watch it, guys. It was a fun watch. Yeah. Terrible movie. <laughs> Have a couple beers, maybe an edible. You'll love the shit out of it. 
still thinking about Alicia Witt. <sighs> <sighs> if, if for nothing, go watch it for Alicia Witt's face when she runs. Yeah. Yeah. I'm surprised you didn't give her the Nicolas Cage. There was so many, like her, Tara Reid. The, they were trying to get me to just, here, you hate these people. Give it to them. No. Rebecca Gayhart. Okay. Well, 96 in the books. Yeah. We're getting there. Yeah. Coming back next week with, which one are we doing? Let's do Toil, Toil. No, Double, Double, <laughs> Toil and Trouble, which is a Mary-Kate and Ashley movie. Yes. That I thought until last week was Double, Double, Toilet Trouble. <laughs> so. Uh, double, Double, Toilet Trouble. Yep. Uh, still gets me. It's going to be a good one, guys. Yeah? I know Santos is going to be thrilled that we're doing a Mary Kane Ashley movie. Right? Like, I'm not watching this, guys. Uh, Come on. Okay, so thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Uh, we're sorry we were gone for so long. Yeah. I hope everybody understands. And I'm uh, sure they do. Yeah. We'll be back next week. We will. All right. Okay. Bye. Bye.